Thanks for this opportunity to get into your word this morning. Lord, we pray let revelation knowledge flow freely, unchecked and uninterrupted, binding satanic or demonic force. I pray, Lord, that you would indeed speak through my vocal cords and think through my mind. I pray, Lord, none of me and all of you is in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone did say amen. Let's make this confession of our faith. Say, Father, I've come to receive revelation, wisdom, and understanding from your holy word. And I fully expect the Holy Spirit to bear witness with my spirit concerning revelation of the word and how to apply it in my life on a daily basis. I'm a doer of the word and not a hearer only. Amen, amen, amen. I want to first of all uh, start off saying again, happy birthday to our mentor, our bishop, uh, Pastor James D. Corbett down in Greenville. I oftentimes say at this church, you know, there's something wrong when you have a church where they don't, the pastor don't have a pastor. Something ain't right there. You know, you need somebody to call out and say, son, what you doing? <laughs> what, what you been talking about? So everybody needs somebody that covers their ministry. And so, but we thank God for uh, Pastor James D. Corbett uh, being a mentor or father to this ministry in so many ways. And, and we follow them in faith as they continue to do what God has ordained for them to do. Amen. We also want to give uh, honor to uh, just down the street to Pastor Chris DiCiaccio. I looked and uh, I saw Pastor Chris in his pulpit last week when we got home. And we thank God for restoration in the name of Jesus. For restoration from the crown of his head to the soles of his feet. That he'll fulfill the assignment that God's placed on his life. And I think it's important that we do take some time to just honor ministry gifts as we conclude uh, clergy appreciation, mom, because, you know, until you've been there, <laughs> sometimes people are sometimes, and yet you got to keep doing what God told you to do. So we thank God for those that have continued in the faith, continued walking by faith, doing the thing that God has assigned them to do. And dear God, for all these, these two gentlemen, I know they've done it scandal free. Which is something we act like today is an unusual thing. But dear God, there are a lot of men and women of God that are doing what God's assigned them to do with a pure heart, faithfully committed to the assignment and not dipping and slipping and doing all kind of things. So we take this opportunity to honor them as well in all ministry gifts. Amen. In this region and in this city, continue to do the assignment that God's placed on your life. Amen. Praise the Lord. Second Peter chapter one and verse number five. It says this has been a foundation for this area of the formula. It says out of the King James. I know it's not in the slides. Y'all there with me? Praise the Lord. It says, and besides this, giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue and to virtue knowledge. And into, he says, and to knowledge, use the word temperance and to temperance, patience and to patience, godliness. Let's stop there. Unto knowledge, he says, temperance. So we've been looking at what we define as these eight ingredients for successful Christian living, fruitful Christian living, if you will. And we've said it starts according to the scripture with faith, basic knowledge, basic knowledge of the word of God, basic, I just choose to trust God. And then we said that Peter says by revelation of the spirit that you need to add next this area of virtue or goodness or moral excellence. 
I submit to you, it is this area of sanctification where you begin to operate according to what God is telling you to do and less the way the world that you came out of tells you to do things. And then he says, the next thing you need to add when he tells you to start acting, right? He's going to say, add this area of knowledge, knowledge or spiritual understanding where he begins to talk to you as you grow up and say, not only am I going to tell you what to do or how to quit doing that, stop, cut that out, but I'm going to show you why it is that you should not be doing these things. And unfortunately, so many believers don't take the journey as God has intended it, and they move into areas of religion whereby they're stopping to do stuff, but they don't know why. They hear the preacher say, don't live this way, don't do that, don't do that, but they miss the heart of God for spiritual understanding of why we don't do certain things, why we don't live certain ways. And unfortunately, it is in this area of adding to your faith, adding to your virtue, knowledge that we lose folks in the twists or in the turns because they are concerned about keeping the law, keeping the right behavior, but they don't know why they're doing it. And you cannot continue to exist this way. You can't do it naturally and you can't do it spiritually. But now in the next area, he says, after I'm telling you how, after I'm telling you what to do, how to do it, why you ought to do it, he says, add to your faith, he says this word, temperance. Now I want you to start employing some areas of discipline in your life concerning these areas I've shown you. Concerning these areas that I am illustrating and explaining to you, I want you to have a level of temperance in your life. Now, we've defined, of course, that this word temperance means self-control. But notice this, though. Out of the message translation of the Bible, 2 Peter chapter 1, 6, uh, and 6 through uh, 9, uh, uh, verse 6 says, because the way the message does, it, it, it basically gives you 5 through 9, so you've got to extrapolate it out. Verse number six says, so don't lose a minute in building on what you've been given. It says, complementing your basic faith with good character. And he says, spiritual understanding. And then instead of using the word temperance, it uses the word alert discipline. Alert discipline. Now turn with me, if you will, back to 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse number 8. We've looked at this several times, particularly when we were talking about knowing your enemy. And my assignment this morning is to kind of deal in some of these areas and what I would define as this third session of counterfeit, understanding counterfeits. But let's set this foundation up this morning. First Peter chapter five and verse number eight. Notice he says, be sober. Now, I find this interesting. When you just look at it at its face value, you're like, well, what does that have to do with temperance? It is the same Greek word that's used for temperance is used for be sober. So he says, essentially, be temperate. Well, what is be temperate? It means to be self-controlled. It means, dare I say, as the message says, to have alert discipline. So he says, be sober, have alert discipline. He says, be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. Now, let's look once again at this word sober. I have taught this before, just looking at it at face value. It means to not be intoxicated because the world system that we live in, if you are not careful, will intoxicate you into thinking the way it thinks. It, it will dull you in your alertness. It will dull you in your effectiveness because this is the way everybody is doing things. And Peter, of all people, 
it's saying you need to be alert. Because once again, we understand that Peter knew what it's like to think he was alert. And Jesus had to distinctly pull him to the side and say, you don't even understand, boy, that the devil has a desire to sift you. And I submit to you, all of you, that God has an assignment on your life. God who's called you, he's showing you visions, he's showing you dreams, that the devil, at the same time you start taking a step, say, oh, she's taking a step. Okay, all right. You need to be vigilant because of the fact, you need to understand that the devil is watching the steps that you make towards the purposes of God. And he says, okay, I want to test everything that they are doing. I, every area that they make a step, I want to test to see whether or not they are really going to believe God. And Peter saying, be sober. The word sober literally means to be temperate. It means to be circumspect. It means to careful or to be careful or have careful consider of all the circumstances and possible consequences. So he says to be sober, this is what believers should be always doing. That you are carefully considering all the circumstances and the possible consequences. The word to be vigilant literally means to be wake, awoke, awaken. It means to watch. It means to keep. As I said before, this whole concept, you hear, you know, woke. Now, woke has been, you know, taken over for certain cultures in the world culture to mean something completely different. But when God says stay alert, he's talking about stay alert for the devil who is looking, as he says, to have, uh, as a roaring lion, see who he may devour. Be awake to that. Be circumspect to the, be careful in the consideration of the circumstance. Be awake to the fact that you do, in fact, have an adversary. And he has the ability to devour some, and apparently he doesn't have the ability to devour others. So he says, be sober or be temperate. Now, <clears throat> we've said in the past, and I'm going to this morning, he says, your adversary is the devil. The word devil, literally there, it means accuser. But another term for the word Satan or the devil is the word Satan. Now, the word Satan literally means, or the name Satan means adversary. It means an opponent. It means an arch enemy. And we understand that, that originally Satan's name was Lucifer. Lucifer, which literally means morning star or the sense of brightness. Now, he says this is what your adversary is, that he originates as a fallen angel. We can see that in Revelation chapter 12, 7 through verse 11. I don't have time to go through everything this morning before your reference. Uh, Revelation chapter 12, verse 7 through 11 talks about the war that was in heaven and how Satan fell from heaven as a defeated foe. But he fell to, to the earth and corrupted mankind. But his name was Lucifer, which was Morning Star. So he fell away from God, but yet he retained that name. But now that name is not a name that represents the light of God, but now it now represents something that's completely different. Now look over, if you will, to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 and verse number 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse number 14 says, And... No marvel for Satan himself transforms himself or transforms into an angel of light, an angel 
of light. Because he understands that people are attracted to light, he transforms himself to look like light even though he lost his. And it becomes important that we understand who our enemy is, that he masquerades as an angel of light. In other words, he doesn't come looking like the personification of evil. He comes into your life. He comes to tempt you. He shows up looking like a good thing when in fact it's something that's intended to harm you. It looks like it's not that big of a deal, Reverend. It's just, this God, I mean, I'm saying this again this morning. It's just Halloween, Reverend, big deal. But the heart of God is, you don't understand, that's exactly how the devil comes at us. He comes at us looking like this is not that big of a deal, but it's so that he can get a foothold into your life. Look at John chapter 10 and verse number 10 once again. John chapter 10 and verse number 10. Scripture says, the thief cometh not but to steal and to kill and to destroy. He says, I've come that they might have life and have it more abundantly. Now, I'll submit to you, one of the things that the devil does is he shows up in our life. And, and once again, he says, this ain't that big of a deal. He says, in fact, you know, a little dab of this, little dab of that, it won't hurt you. It's all good. But we don't really understand sometimes that the Bible says once again that his name is arched enemy. His name is adversary. You don't understand how much the devil hates you. That his desire is to kill, to steal, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So when the devil shows up and says, this ain't that big of a deal, he's already, the Bible says in John 8 verse 44, that he's the father of lies. So he's lying to get you out of the will of God, out of the protection of God, because he's trying to kill you. But yet we believers, Christians, we dabble a little bit of this, dabble a little bit of that. Dabble over here, do these kind of things. And we think, well, it's just innocent. But you don't understand that he's sowing a seed that will have a harvest in 5, 6, 10, 20 years down the road. Because you invited a demonic force into your house. And you said, why is this here? Because you invited it there. And that's why it's been sitting there. A familiar spirit been sitting in your house for many multiple years. And you say, how did it get here? Because you invited the devil into your house with something that seemed innocent to you, but he was setting you up. That's the reason why y'all can't stop fighting in your house. That's the reason why your children are having division in your house. Because you invited the enemy to have a footstool in your house at a time when God says, I need you to embrace me. But you wasn't willing to do so. Look over once again at Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter number 6. <clears throat> Ephesians chapter number 6. <clears throat> We've looked at this and I continue to say this in this section of teachings. Ephesians chapter number 6 tells us about the various dimensions of the power of darkness. He says, if I uh, verse number 12, he says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So it might be manifesting in the flesh, but our fight is not against flesh and blood. But he said, but against principalities. Well, what's a principality? As we said before, it is a chief or a leader. It is one that has absolute power. Particularly this area, he says, of cruelty and oppressive way. He says, we wrestle against chief 
principal or leadership in the satanic or demonic forces, if you will. He says against power, where the word power there literally means delegated force or influence. It is authorization, jurisdiction, or ruler. It is one that has a right to be there. You go certain places, and I was talking to one of our sisters here at the church, and she was telling me about the reason she came from. And one of the things I want to say to, to, to her, and one of the things I, I thought about at the time was, yeah, there are certain regions of this world, there are certain regions even in the city, where the devil has a right to be there because everybody invites him there. So he has a right to sit there. They have seances. They do all kinds of stuff to say, devil, you are welcome in this community. And you might be doing it knowingly, you might be doing it unknowingly, but when you invite him there, yeah, he has a right to be there. And even God Almighty has to let him be there because people that have free will have, have offered an invitation for the devil to be there. There's some folks that don't want to be delivered. They like living with the devil. You keep telling them, well, well the Bible says that they don't want to hear it because they enjoy living with a devil instead of embracing the deliverance that God has for them. He says, watch this, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world. What's the darkness of this world? It defined, it's defined, the classic Amplified says, master spirits who are the world rulers of this present darkness. Master spirits who are the rulers of this present darkness. Now, we spend a lot of time talking about the devil here. Let's go ahead and talk about the kingdom of light. Turn over, if you will, back, if you will, to uh, 1 Corinthians chapter number 12. Now, Paul is admonishing us that we need to understand where the real fight is. That it's not in the flesh, but there are things that we need to understand about your arch enemy, the devil. And I submit to you, particularly this time of the year, there's certain things that we need to understand about our arch enemy. Yes, there's a reason why this time of the year, particularly, he likes to display himself as ghosts, goblins, familiar spirits, etc. None of these things are reflecting of the kingdom of God, but it is a counterfeit for what God really is intending for his people to operate in. So let's take a look at that. First Corinthians chapter number 12. The scripture says now concerning verse number one, now concerning spiritual gifts, he says, brethren, I would not have you ignorant. But yet there are so many believers that are ignorant concerning spiritual gifts. I've heard pastors and minister gifts that literally skip over chapter 12 because they don't know about all that. <laughs> let's just move right along, Reverend. And let's not let's talk. chapter 13 where he talks about love. Let's skip 14 too. But chapter 12 talks about the fact he says, now concerning spiritual gifts, brother, and he says, I would not have you ignorant. He says, ye know, verse 2, that ye were Gentiles or people without God carried away by, and he used the term I love, dumb idols. Even as ye were led. Let's drop down, if you will, to verse number seven. Verse number seven. Then he defines what these gifts of the Spirit are. are. He says, but the manifestation of the Spirit is given, watch this, to every man to profit with all. The uh, Amplified literally says, for the common good. So he tells us the manifestations of the Holy Ghost are given to profit people. I submit to you that on the opposite side or the law of reciprocal, that the manifestations of the demonic are given to her folk, not profit. The manifestations of the spirit are given for the common good for people to profit from. Well, what are they? Verse number eight, he says, 
To one is given by the Spirit the word of wisdom. To another the word of knowledge by the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another the gifts of healing by the same Spirit. He says, to another the working of miracles. To another prophecy. To another discerning of spirits. To another diverse kinds of tongues. And to another the interpretation of tongues. He says, verse 11, but all these worketh that one the same of uh, the self same spirit dividing to every man severally as he will. So he indicates there was nine spiritual gifts that are given for the benefit of man. Nine spiritual gifts. He says the first three that we've talked about is these areas of revelation gifts. The revelation gifts, which are spiritual gifts that reveal something to us. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. The word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are the revelation gifts that reveal something to us. And then he gives us another area. He says these areas are these spiritual gifts that do something. The power gifts, if you will. The gift of faith, the working of miracles, the gifts of healing are gifts that are giving that have the dunamis attached to them. The power gifts that do something. And then he says there are three inspirational or utterance gifts. And he says there are prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, and the interpretation of tongues. These gifts say something. It seems like the whole gamut is covered right here for everything that you need according to life and godliness. God says, I will give these things to you. But yet, Christians, believers, blood folks, feel like they got to seek something else in order to have wisdom, knowledge, discerning of spirits, the gift of faith, miracles, healings, Prophecy, dive account of tongue, interpretation of tongue. We got to go somewhere else because God, you said you will give it. And he says, notice this, as a gift, as he wills to profit. So if God is giving these gifts for your good, then I submit to you on the other side, any gifts that the devil gives you is definitely not for your good. To kill, to steal, and to destroy. Any word or prophecy that's given by the utterance of a devil is meant to destroy you. It's meant for you even to operate in a spiritual law of you beginning to agree with the voice of the demon, speaking that into your house. And the Bible says death and life is in the power of the tongue. And you don't understand because you've been agreeing with the fortune teller that you heard 30 years ago and speaking that over your life, speaking that over your marriage instead of speaking what the promises of God are. But the same spiritual force will operate in your life. You're operating by fear and not by faith. And you can't figure out why is this happening. It's because of what you've allowed in your house. Since God gives spiritual gifts and knowledge, we should never seek spiritual knowledge from any other source other than God. Let me say that one more time. Since God gives spiritual gifts and knowledge, we should never speak spirit, seek spiritual knowledge from any other source other than God. And I've said in the past, and I'm going to say again this morning to reiterate, there are four areas that we need to have discernment of in our lives, in these times that we live in. Discernment of our times, discernment of spirits, 
discernment of prophecies or utterance gifts and discernments of people and prophets, if you will. Folks, what spirit are they speaking from? Is it from the spirit of God? You say, well, Reverend, Reverend, I mean, they, they used to be, and they used to be, but did they get away from the things of God to now start listening to the influences of the devil? And we got to have discernment of that. One of the ways you can tell about that, because we started out this month talking about spiritual abuse, is when the man or the woman of God starts telling you stuff and you can't find it nowhere in the scriptures. They say, well, you, well God said, but listen to what I say. There is a main line, there's a mainline denomination right here in this region where there is a guy that he said one day, I know what God said, but daddy says this. And since daddy says this, this is what you need to go with because I have new revelation. And this is a working of the devil that moves you away from God. And we need to have discernment of people. What spirit are they coming from? Have they gotten lifted up in pride that they've taken on that spirit of Lucifer where it's about them and not about God anymore? You know why this is coming out like this now, y'all? <laughs> let's look at this area again. Let's need to, since we have talked about these gifts of the spirit, let's look at these areas of counterfeit. And this is where we're going to close. So we should understand counterfeit. And we're going to continue to talk about the gifts of the Spirit because I believe in all your getting, get understanding. The more we understand about the gifts of the Spirit, the more you can have faith for it. And that way you can begin to see it operating in your life. And I want to say this as well. When we are talking about the gifts of the Spirit, they should operate as the Spirit wills. Now notice what it doesn't say, whereas the Spirit will only at church. You know, the Holy Ghost will start operating in the assignment that he's giving you. You'll have a word of wisdom while you're at work, way away from church. A word of prophecy, you'll be able to look at somebody and the Holy Ghost will just get on you and you'll be able to say something to them. I didn't say it now. Well, notice that. I didn't say do the church thing. Hey, 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 Because you can't do that on Monday. But on, on Monday, you might be able to say, you know, sweetie, there's a future on the inside of you. And if you would just take the steps, I know they are, you're a little afraid of it. But if you would resist fear and embrace the step to do what everything that's in your heart, everything that he's put in your heart will surely come to pass. You know, it's a word of prophecy that will work at work and you won't get fired. We got to learn how to walk by the spirit so that God can use us in other arenas other than the four walls of the church. The gifts of the spirit are meant to be a blessing to people. Yeah. Now, let's look at these counterfeits once again and we're going to close. Understanding these counterfeits. Counterfeits, counterfeits are made as an imitation of something else. They are meant to deceive. They are something that's forged. It is something that's insincere, an imitation. Dare I say it is something that is fake. Something that is fake. The devil cannot create anything. God, Elohim, is the creator. So therefore, the only thing that the devil has ever been able to do is corrupt what God has created. So what he'll do is we understand that the gift of revelation of the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning spirits, he says, all right, listen, you don't need to go to God. I got something for you. He says, let me show you something. I'll give you this thing called astrology. 
I'll give you the horoscopes, tell reading or fortune telling. I'll give you a counterfeit for you to be able to interpret the will of God. You don't need to do all that, girl. You're hard. Don't you know you're Leo? You're Pisces? That says something about you. You don't need to figure out what God said. Listen, you know when the planets were aligned at a certain time. That should tell you something. To give you the revelation that you're in fact seeking. He says, all right. We got three utterance gifts, prophecy, diverse kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues. He said, you don't need that. What we have now is fortune telling or divination. Fortune telling or divination. He said, you don't need all that. This time of the year, that's exactly, Christians dabbling with all kinds of stuff. And they don't understand what spirit are they seeking to actually invoke. The Holy Ghost says, all right, we have three power gifts, the gift of faith, gift of the working of miracles, the gift of healing. The devil says, all right, you don't need all that. You don't, you don't need, I got magic. I will repackage it as something like hocus pocus where it seems like it's pretty. It's nothing that deep. That's not that bad. It'll come in the package of a Harry Potter movie or something like that. It's not that deep. It's not that bad. I was watching Harry Potter. I watched it one time. And I didn't make it through all the movies. Now, y'all, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody in intercondemnation. But I got the one of the movies, and Harry Potter got to speaking in tongues or something like that, speaking to a snake. I said, I got to cut this off. <laughs> I said, I don't know what we got going on here. But I was sitting there watching, I was like, whoa, wait a minute. <laughs> My spirit was saying, no, 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 you, you, you know. And I'm telling you again, there's some things that are innocent, seem innocent, but that's how he gets in your house. Witchcraft, sorcery, the counterfeit. Why? Because God says, if you seek me, you operate in this gift of faith, working of miracles, and these gifts of healing. All the power gifts you would ever need, he says, if you seek me, I'll give it to you. I, without penalty. To come, to, to be a prophet to people. And notice this as we close. Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 12 out of the New Living Translation. Verse number 19, I'm sorry, it says... When, Galatians chapter 5 and verse number 19, and this is distinctly speaking to Christians. It says, when you follow the desires of the sinful nature, or as the King James says, the flesh, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, or lustful pleasures. And most of us say, yes, that's absolutely right. We understand that. But he says, idolatry and sorcery, in verse number 20, follows right behind it. What is idolatry? We said before, is anything that we replace God for. Lift up as God. And he says, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, quarreling, quarreling, I'm sorry, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division. He goes on and on, talks about these are workings of the flesh. One of the things I'm telling for the born again child of God believer that decides to not seek God, like we saw with Saul, he decided, since God ain't talking, I got to find another source. We always are going to seek something that requires us to get in our flesh. Well, when you get into the arena of your flesh, that's when the devil says, oh, you getting in your flesh? You getting in your flesh? Well, I can give you something as a substitute for what you should be getting for God. Let's close here. Proverbs chapter four and verse number seven. Why am I spending so much time on these areas? One of the reasons is because this is intended to be a supernatural church. 
a church that flows with the gifts of the spirit. We have been called the training center as a prophetic anointing because of what God wants to do with the people that are attached to this ministry. He wants to dispatch you into places where he can show himself strong. And for that reason, the Bible says in Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom in all your getting, he says, get understanding. Get understanding. The, the uh, expanded literally says, if it costs everything you have above, above all your acquisitions, he says, acquire understanding. And this is exactly why the hype ministry is more important to folks today than the understanding ministry because the devil knows if you actually understand these things, you're going to become powerful. But as long as you're hearing feel-good speeches, you will never become people of impact. The word understanding there literally means, it comes from a Hebrew word which means deep thought. In all your getting, get deep thought. In all your understanding, it means the faculty of the mind, if you will, the exercise of the imagination. To have an imagination that's inspired by God, if I can say it like that. The word understanding means, watch this, it also means the ability to comprehend. It means the individual's perception or judgment of a situation. Believers should have an enhanced Watch this perception and judgment of the situation because we know how to flow with the spirit. We know the spirit of God. We know when God's, when he's saying something on the inside, when there's a word of wisdom he's dropping on the inside of you, what is that? He's telling you something that you need to do. We don't override it, we embrace it. Now that might mean sometimes, and I've had it happen at work. I had to say, hold on a second, I had to close my door because the spirit of God is telling me something. I remember mean, it was a couple years ago, I was working at the airport, and there was a young lady, she was going through some issues and everything, and there's some issues with some promiscuity, and she said, uh, you know, I'm just trying to get out of this house or something like that, and I'm trying to do this, and she said, I don't know, it's like God's not doing anything. I said, well, let me say something to you. I said, I'm going to pray, and I'm telling you, so this is one of the times I get to just be me. I said, I'm going to pray, and if God doesn't open up a door inside of the next 24 hours for something to happen in your life, let me know. In the next 24 hours, a door opened for her to move out of the house or something else to happen so she can move to another location. You know what she did? She stayed where she was. And I said, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> Didn't we just pray for a door of deliverance? And it showed up, and yet you decided to stay where you were, and I learned something there. Everybody don't want to be delivered. Some folk just like to talk. Everybody doesn't want to be delivered from the devil. Like I said, some folk want to embrace him. They want to have coffee and tea with him. Not understanding from God's perspective is that you are keeping me from blessing you because of your invited guest. Now watch this. Turn, if you will, to Jeremiah chapter 3 and verse number 15. I believe this is a good place to end in this clergy appreciation moment. Notice the scripture says this. I will give you pastors according to mine heart. I will give you pastors according to mine heart. Genuine pastors of God are ministry gifts that God has sent to speak for his heart. He says, which will feed you, notice with this, with knowledge and understanding. I'm going to give you the concept, 
But I'm going to let you understand how these concepts are applicable within your life. This is what the pastoral anointing looks like. Now notice what it doesn't say. I'm going to give you somebody that makes you feel good. In the New Testament, it's called itching ears. And a lot of people love itching ears. The job of the pastoral ministry is to feed you, he says, with knowledge and understanding. Now what you do with the knowledge you get and the understanding you have gained when you walk out these doors is between you and your Jesus. <laughs> but at least at this church, when you leave out here, you ain't going to be able to say, well, Pastor Smith didn't tell me. Good pastors all across this planet are telling people what thus saith the Lord, causing the people to have knowledge and understanding. But what you decide to do with it is always up to you. And you will live in the consequences or the rewards of the decisions that you have, in fact, made. Let's pray. Father God, in the authority of the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, that you are a good, good father. That your no's are no's of protection. Your yeses are yeses of blessings. God, live big on the inside of us. Greater is he. I pray in the name of Jesus for every member, every partner, that the clarity of their hearing would become even more personified and intense. That they will begin to discern your voice even more than they have from this day forward. When you're saying no. But their, their clarity of their hearing, God, let their clarity be from the root of love. Not religion. For we understand, God, that everything that you're calling us to has to first proceed out of the heart. So, Lord, develop us in our relationships of trust. When you say no, when you say stop, when you say resist the devil and stop walking the devil into your house, Lord, we know it's from love. So I pray for clarity of years in the name of Jesus. Amen. Praise the Lord. Turn over if you will. Let's give him time. I believe this fits right here together. I was listening to Dr. Roberts this morning, old tape, talk about some stuff. And I, I, he said something, and it just hit my spirit this morning real good. Over in Malachi chapter number three. Malachi chapter number three. And verse number eight. Scripture says, Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me, but ye say, Wherein have we robbed thee? He says, In tithes and offerings. He says, You're cursed with a curse, for ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. He says, Bring ye, verse 10, all the tithes into the storehouse, that they may be meat in my house. And he says, Prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open to you, I will not open you the windows of heaven. And pour you out a blessing in which there is not room enough to receive it. Now notice verse 8 once again. This is what, what caught my attention this morning. He says, will a man rob God? Well, how in the world can you rob God? Can you hold a gun against God's head? How can you rob God? And I saw it this morning. He's talking about, see, verse number 8 and verse number 9 go together. We think the curse came from God. No, the curse didn't come from God. 
He says, will a man rob me? Rob me of what? My opportunity to bless you. When you don't operate it, when you don't operate according to God's determined order, you rob him of the opportunity to bless you. You say, God, where have I robbed you? He said, you don't do what I told you to do and you rob me of the chance to bless you. <laughs> Turn over to uh, uh, 1 Corinthians. Let me show you this real quick. Real, real, real quick. Back over to 1 Corinthians. Sorry, 2 Corinthians. Did I say first? Sorry, 2 Corinthians. Turn back over there really quick. <clears throat> Second Corinthians chapter number 9 once again. He says, watch this. He says, every man, every man, every man has his purpose in heart. He says, verse number 6, at verse uh, chapter 9, he says, but I say this, he which sows sparingly shall also reap sparingly. And he that sowed bountifully shall also reap bountifully. He says, verse 7, every man according as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give. And he says, uh, cheerfully, uh, as he has purpose in his heart, so let him give. He says, not grudgingly or necessity, for God loves a cheerful giver. And then he says, watch this, God is able. God is able. He says, to make all grace abound towards you. Why? Because of what you did in obedience to what he told you to do. When we don't do things God's way, we rob God of the ability to bless you. God is not able in your life because you didn't employ him in your life. And one of the things I have learned walking with God in all these years is that God ain't going to force even the good on you. Now the devil loves to push pride and do all these kind of things. But God don't do that. God says you either work with the system, you have to invite me. First to be born again, you got to invite him in your heart. To be filled with the Holy Spirit. You got to invite him in your life. He says, if you want this blessing to call grace to be, to abound towards you, he says, you is required that you invite for this blessing to come in your life. And when you refuse to give, to sow, to do what he tells you to do, you're robbing God of the opportunity that he wants to bless you. That's why he's saying you're cursed with a curse. It's not because God's cursing you. It's because of what you did, not God, because God doesn't curse. All right, we'll, we'll expand on that a little bit further as the days will come forward. Amen. Three ways that you can get to the training center. One way is by way of the cash app, which is dollar sign one, dollar sign one TTC. Second way is by way of our P.O. Box number, which is the training center, which is P.O. Box 2358 Gastonia, North Carolina, 28053. And of course, you can give by way of our website, which is www, www, Lord have mercy, www.thetrainingcenter-church.org. And of course, you can give live and in the house. All three ways, of course, on the screen as well. But we want to make these things known for way of our podcast, which is also available. Praise the Lord if you want to hear a recorded message of these messages and they are a blessing to you. Of course, once again, you can get live and in the house as well. 
congregation, let us set ourselves in agreement with those that are sowing and have sowed online in Jesus' name. Father, in the authority of the name of Jesus, Lord, we thank you that we are prompt, cheerful givers. And because so, we thank you, Lord, that you are able in our life to produce your favor on our life. We thank you, Lord, because we bring our tithes and our offerings to you, that we are employed, we're not robbers of you, so therefore we thank you that the blessing of God pours out on our life, that there's more than enough, there's an abundant flow in our life because of our obedience. We thank you, Lord, and I set myself in agreement with every seed that's sown in this church in the name of Jesus for an abundant harvest that you bless them abundantly in every arena of their life, financially, holistically in their body, in every arena, in their relationships, God, because they are listeners and followers of the Spirit of God. And we give you praise for it and glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone did say amen. want to make this last announcement. For the month of November. As we close out the month of October, for the no, month of November, we will be reading the book of Acts. We'll be reading the book of Acts because we all know how Mark closes out, right? These signs shall follow them that believe. And so we're going to look at those signs and look at how God used the early apostles in the first church. Bless God. And we're going to kind of just follow some things and we'll follow as the spirit of God gives us in the month of November. We have a lot of birthdays in the month of November. Glory to God. A lot of, lot of things happening. We thank God for it. But in the month of November, we're going to examine and we're going to look at the book of Acts. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, if you need prayer or personal ministry, you may come at this time. Otherwise, you may be this man.